0: How do you make millions of dollars and pay zero taxes? Meet Chris, aka the Car Wash Guy. Instead of buying tech stocks or Bitcoin, he buys car washes that not only print profits, but allow him to pay no income tax. Um, nothing. You're going to get it all back. In this episode, the Car Wash Guy breaks down the actual numbers of a deal, reveals how you can use real estate to erase your tax bill, and exactly how you can make millions without getting your hands dirty or clean, (laughs) whatever. Welcome to Money Talks. So welcome to the studio. <laughs> it's interesting. Usually I'm sitting next to someone having a conversation. Right. And now It's like I'm just being filmed and then you're here on the laptop, but <laughs> we're going to make right. it work. <laughs> yeah, it's going <good> to work, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So welcome to Money Talks. Today we have Chris, the car wash guy. Um, so you've made millions of dollars with car washes and I want to hear your one minute origin story to start
1: so um if you're if you've been on twitter you've noticed there's like a lot of self-storage guys right a lot of self-storage sort of uh, gurus and stuff like that And about probably about two years ago i started um listening to those guys and i thought i can do that that's easy so I found a friend of mine who was very interested in in that as well, and we decided, okay, let's go buy some self storage properties. Was
0: Nick Huber your your mo your inspiration?
1: Yeah, he, well, he was part of, but there was a lot of guys, and and um, the, a few of them I I would DM with, like you know, how do I do this? And there's a guy actually locally here; he's called the Sultan of Storage and uh he he walked me through his playbook i was like we can do that but we followed sweaty startup nick huber and all these guys and i thought it can't be that hard so we sent out um probably 60 letters for following this method trying to find off-market self-storage and didn't get a single response nobody was interested in selling their self-storage and so um, I had stumbled upon this car wash that was for sale a few months before, and I thought, "Huh, I wonder if that thing's still for sale." Reached out to the broker, and turns out it was still for sale, and it had been on the market for a year and a half and had garnered just almost no interest. And so we dug into it, and it turned out this thing made a lot of money. Um, and the wild part was is that the owners had started a bank in the meantime. And they had no marketing, there was no Google Maps, there was no there was nothing. If you didn't drive by this car wash, you didn't know it existed. And it was kind of tucked behind a shopping center.
0: And what us what city is that in?
1: This is in Western Colorado. Okay, called uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, close to the Utah border. Okay, kind of a small town. So um, we ended up buying the car wash and we we put we did the google maps thing. We did the most basic marketing you can think of. We just got a bunch of five star reviews. Just anybody who's who's has any to do with marketing would just laugh at at this strategy because it's so stupid simple. And we we increased the profit and revenue of this place by 70% in the first you know, in the first few months. So then we bought another one. This was all last year, okay? so i i became car wash guy in january but i didn't own a car wash until a year ago this time last (laughs) april 22nd so we bought another one we're about to buy another one that'll be number three um but the wild thing was is that we were generating these incredible cash returns we were able to increase the business all we did was was put energy into it right like we we did a little bit of signage you know kind of the wavy flag signs that you see around those tend to get people's attention. It's kind of weird, but it works. Google Maps. We improved the card readers. We raised the prices. We did all this stuff. But we, were in, we were able to increase the profits at both places in no time. Um, so you kind of stumbled upon... kind of following the storage playbook. What's that?
0: Uh, you kind of stumbled upon this. So it was really just pretty recently... Totally fell
1: backwards into it. Completely fell backwards into it. So it was making good money. We were, we were increasing our equity in it. We almost doubled the equity ha- we had in these places, and it was a, just a no-brainer investment. And then in December, I have, I have other businesses. I have online businesses. I sell supplements, CBD, that kind of stuff. So I have a really nice income for that, and I was putting the, the profits into the car washes. So every December 30th or so, I always email my accountant, and I say, you know, how much do I need to set aside for taxes? I usually have a pretty big tax bill. It's, anywhere from two hundred to $300,000 usually. And she said, um, nothing, you're going to get it all back. And, you know, I kind of did that sort of spit take thing, like, what? Like, I've never gotten anything back. I've, you know, I've, 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 I've paid huge tax bills for the last decade. You're like,
0: did I lose a ton of money this year and not realize or something? Like what happened? Right, right.
1: Like, yeah, what well, the books must be worse than I thought they were like, this is ter- this is terrible news, actually. I thought I made a bunch of money this year. And she said, no, there's, there's the bonus depreciation on these car washes is going to completely nuke your tax bill. And all the quarterly payments I made all of last year, you're going to get those back. In fact, I just got them back uh, last week. So $140,000. So zero tax bill because of the bonus depreciation on these, which I can explain if you're interested. But... So it was just, at that point, it was just a no-brainer investment. It was like, okay, we need more car washes. <laughs> Let's just do this. Let's go all in on the strategy. Um, and now we're going to create a chain of car washes. We're going to buy at least two a year for the next five years. So that's, that, was, that was more than a minute, but that's kind of the background, how this happened.
0: That's super interesting. And okay, so just some, some background like a car wash. So you're buying the actual business and the real estate? It's not just the Correct. business, right? You're, you're, and that's where the tax uh, benefits come from, is from owning the real estate and the car wash business on top of the, the land.
1: Yeah, the, the, the tax benefits come from the building and the equipment. And okay. it just so happens that the car wash is the perfect strategy for this particular tax loophole of bonus depreciation because it has the land is worth a little bit and we buy it as part of the deal. But it's really the fact that there's so much value in the equipment in the building that's eligible for this thing called bonus depreciation. Up to 70% of the value that we're buying is in this equipment, which is depreciable on this bonus schedule. So I had no idea when we bought a car wash. I knew there would be bonus depreciation. I had heard about it. I had no idea that it was going to be something this lucrative and this tax efficient. So yeah, we buy the real estate. We buy everything with it. And so if, if car washes suddenly went out of style or you don't need them anymore or something, I've had people say, well, what about self-driving cars and all this stuff? What about electric cars? Those will still need to be washed. But if for some reason people just stop washing their car, we have the real estate fall back on. We'll put a Chick-fil-A on it or a gas station or something and um we'll never look back.
0: Yeah, no that's awesome. I love real estate blended businesses because yeah, if you look back like 30, 40 years and people who own a restaurant or own, you know, a retail store or something, it's like mm-hmm. those might those might have nice cash flows for a couple of years but then like over time they just either become out of style or they don't work anymore or the staff changes But real estate has just gone up and up and up and up. And I don't see a reason why that would really change. Um, And that's coming from someone who owns zero real estate and has never done that. So I'm just starting to like (laughs) think about this more and more like, is this what I really need to be? It it seems like one of those things where real estate is just so simple that it's almost like, oh, no, this is just like, you know, people have figured this out. There's no more meat on the bone. There's no more money to be made. But then it just keeps going. And it's like, are we going to look back in 30 years from today or 10 years from today and be like, oh my God, those buildings were only a million three, which seems crazy now, but right. now, you know, and it's like, I totally. guess, you know, I, I don't see a reason why not. Um,
1: yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. And the owners of these properties, specifically car washes, the same with self-storage and a lot of these things, they tend to be sort of baby boomer age and, and just never learned marketing. They, they never bothered with it. They, yeah. never, they thought when you had a building, that was the marketing. And if you were just on a busy enough street, enough people would come in. They never got on board with Yelp and Google Maps and all this stuff and realized that you need to have a presence online. You need to have good ratings. You need to offer services. You need to have a friendly face standing there uh, for when people are or having trouble or you need somebody to answer the phone. Like they just never bothered with that whole end of the business. And if you can figure that out, which is ridiculously simple, frankly, you're going to have a much better business. You're going to attract a lot more customers. It's just so silly, simple. that I tell people about it, especially my friends who market online, who have these big complex systems of marketing on Facebook, marketing on YouTube. It's all this complexity. I tell them like, yeah, we just try to get five-star reviews and, <laughs> on Google. Right? It's,
0: it's interesting because everyone wants to do tech companies, sexy businesses, and kind yes. of the, the more fun, sexy things you chase, the harder it is to compete and to outmarket people. And, like, yeah. you're talking about, like, hey, I'm just buying this car wash uh, in Colorado, and it's, like, yeah. literally just to do better than everyone else, you just have to go on Google Maps and, like, put your location right. in. And yeah, it's crazy right. to think it's like the sector you choose really does make it really easier, really hard. Like you don't have to be a better marketer than many no. people or than everyone online. You just have to stand out right. from like what, what people were doing right. 30 years ago and you're good, you know? Um, yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. And it, it creates this flywheel where we have the online businesses that are very scalable, right? That's the advantage of the online businesses. Those businesses will do 16 million this year. But it's generating these profits that go into the car wash machine that, you know, basically eat all the taxes. So we don't owe taxes anymore. So it's just this amazing uh, net worth flywheel, frankly, that I've, Hmm. I've been looking for for decades. I've been trying to find like a side gig that would generate income that was fun. You know, I looked at crypto. I looked at Amazon, FBA, like all those businesses that our generation have looked at, all of that stuff. I looked at all of it and I thought, those, I don't know anything about crypto. I don't understand this stuff. Yeah. You know, I buy Bitcoin, but I don't understand the staking and all this stuff. It, it feels like funny money to me. I could never make it really work. As soon as I would buy it, it would go down anyway. <laughs>
0: That's how it is usually. And
1: yeah, yeah. And then Amazon, FBA, it always felt like, well, Amazon's going to do the same thing that they do to everybody and just ruin your business eventually and um and then this came along and i was like this is it this is it it takes like five hours a week for me it's super fun it throws off literally like buckets of cash we literally have these huge buckets full of quarters at the end of every week. <laughs> physically and buckets of cash cash-based. um yeah. Okay. yeah
0: i want to break down like how a car wash deal looks so like let's just take your first yeah. one for example so you found the yeah. property it was for sale the business and the land um How much was that and how much do you, how much do you have to go out of pocket to buy it?
1: Yeah. Great. Uh, so the first one was 650 K and it, it had a profit every year, which they call in real estate, they call net operating income. It's basically profit of 65 K. So in real estate, they call this, um, the cap rate. So you basically take 65K divided by 650K, that's 10, or 0.1, actually. And as a percentage, that's called a 10 cap, okay? So car washes that we're looking for are trading in that 10, 11, 12 cap range, okay? And so um, when we we found a bank, this is the other great thing about car washes and, and this sector is that the banks love to to loan on it, right? Like go go to a bank and say, hey, give me a give me a bunch of money to start this FBA business. They would laugh you out of the room, right? Um, whereas a car wash, they're like, they gave me 80% of the purchase price. So we put down 20%. That was about 120K, 130, I think, after some fees. Um, I came up with 100K, my partner came up with uh, about 30, and we split the, um, the ownership that way. The bank came up with the rest, And here's the wild thing: I put in 120k on that one, put in another 80 on the second one. Okay, so I put in about 200 last year. But the the car washes completely nuked my 200,000 tax bill. Okay, so I already have my 200k back. Hmm. I just started buying them a year ago. I already have my 200k back, and I've got all this cash flow. Stacking up, we paid for a big chunk of the second car wash with the, with the proceeds of the first car wash. So it's like the, the ROI is already like 120, 130%. Like I tell my friends in real estate business who are trying to bang out like 15% returns and 12% returns, you know, on like a single family rental or something. And they just can't believe it. They're just like, dude, this doesn't, this doesn't sound right. Yeah, that
0: sounds kind (laughs) of like magic. That sounds like,
1: yeah, I really, this bonus depreciation thing is massive, but the the deal works without it too. Like it's still a really good return. It's probably a 25 to 35% return on investment without the tax savings. Hmm. Wow.
0: That's, that's amazing. Um,
1: yeah. So I, I think a lot of people stay away from them because there's labor involved. There's a lot of equipment involved. It's intimidating to like the typical real estate investor. Right who's just used to like having a rental and you might have to deal with collecting rent once a month or some repairs here and there. Whereas there's a daily, you know, there's somebody working at our car washes every day. So it's more of a business than real estate in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it, it pays for itself so well that I'm happy to do the work.
0: So when, so the work you said about five hours a week. Um, And, so you bought the business with an uh, an existing staff and manager and everything?
1: Yes. The first one had a manager and a kind of a weekend hand, a guy that worked on the weekends. And then when we bought the second one, they were able to just slide over and manage that one too. Hmm. So we kind of, that was the other advantage is that we were able to split the labor across two properties now. Um, we have since hired a third person to help coverage. What we found is that the more you have somebody on site, the more you sell because he can walk in and say a lot of times people will wash their car and they get pissed off that it doesn't work or something and then you, they give you a one-star review. Whereas a, an on-site guy can walk in and say, hey, we'll use this brush, use this pre-soak, use this soap or whatever. He'll turn that one star into a five-star review and save the sale and save save us a lot of, uh, what would be really a drive off, right? Somebody who would be angry would never come back again. They mm-hmm. actually pay for themselves very easily. And they're only making like $15 an hour, $16 an hour. So it's not a huge expense and they're protecting the property as well too. So,
0: and so, so you took that business, so you bought it for six fifty. it was making uh 65 K a year. You said you improved yep. some of the marketing stuff. How much is it making yep. now about a year later? Uh, like
1: it'll, this year it'll make, um, about 110,000.
0: Okay. So almost double just from some simple stuff, as you said. And then, um, I was looking through some of your tweets and like, you were kind of breaking down some of these deals. Um, so the way that commercial real estate works is basically the value of the building of the real estate is based off of the income, right? So if you can double that income, you can actually also double the
1: value of your real estate, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. So now, if this place makes 110,000 dollars this year, uh, if you divide that by the cap rate of 10 percent, now this place is worth 1.1 $1. 1 million, OK? And if you look at that from an equity standpoint, we only put 120k into this place. We owe somewhere, you know somewhere around uh, like four, let's just say 500,000 dollars. Now it's worth 1.1 $1. 1 million. You subtract the five hundred thousand dollars we owe on the loan. That's six hundred thousand dollars. We turned one hundred and twenty thousand dollars that we put in. Now we have six hundred thousand dollars in equity.
0: Not to right? mention the two hundred k you got back on taxes.
1: Not to mention the two hundred k. Like <laughs> all of this stuff is just compounding. This is why I'm so fired Unreal. up about this business. Yeah. Is that like everywhere I turn, like it just keeps getting better. So. That's why we're going to buy one one or two a year and just build 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 build. It's it's so fun uh, when you can see like this path to scale it, right? That's what we all want to do as entrepreneurs, right? Like yeah. we want to let's let's make this thing bigger. Yeah. Right? With these kind of returns it makes it makes a lot of sense to do so. So, one thing if I could do a quick plug, I lay all this out at taxfreecashcow.com. I give you the entire playbook. Hmm. TaxFreeCashCow.com. I will give you the, I'll give you everything that we've learned videos, spreadsheets, contracts. Everything is there. If you want to just really go deep, deep, deep on this stuff.
0: So that's a good segue. My next question was you've now figured out this crazy secret. Great way to make money mm-hmm. to compound. This is going to compound into could be a hundred million dollar thing. Why are you
1: giving yeah. away your sauce? Um, for one i'll be honest jesse it, there's guilt like <laughs> i'm used to paying two hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes and now i have zero <laughs> i mean this is the definition of the rich get richer right this yeah. is the thing that the that middle class people complain about all oh, those rich people they don't pay taxes and i always thought that's nonsense rich people pay a shitload of taxes it's part of my language Now I'm that guy. Now you're that rich guy that's not
0: paying taxes. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not paying any taxes. So I have a fair amount of guilt. So to negate that, first of all, I dropped off some huge checks to local charities, the local dog shelter, the local homeless shelter, um, uh, Catholic charities, all this stuff. We did a bunch of stuff for them. But I'm also giving back on my Twitter feed. I'm giving people... Almost the entire playbook there. If you follow me, I'll I'll tell you almost everything. And if you uh, chime in on my threads and ask me a question, I'll answer. I'll tell you exactly how we did this. So I want I want people to do this on their own, realize these gains, and have I have so many people who um, they book a call with me, and so many of them are on working for the man basically, right? They are they have a W2. They have a nice income, but they're trapped, right? They just can't they can't get out of this grind. It's it's the definition of the rat race. They're working for a big tent company or they're an attorney, whatever it is, and there's just no end in sight. They have to they're going to have to do this for the next 30 years. And they they'll have a nice retirement, but it just looks like death to them, right? And so I'm coaching them how to do this On a one-on-one basis as well and selfishly my goal is to build a regional chain of car washes here and then hope guys like Jesse or whoever Bob in North Carolina build their own little chains there of five to ten car washes I'll go buy their chain right and then eventually We'll have two hundred, three hundred, four hundred car washes, and then we can sell it to the big money guys, and then we're talking about some serious cash. So that's kind of selfishly the goal as well.
0: So you want to go from the car wash guy to the international car wash
1: guy, the, the car wash king, <laughs> the baby. car wash
0: lord, <laughs> car wash god, like just
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen. But you know how we are. I'm sure you're the same way. Like you, yeah. you, you visioneer things until like, what is the end game here? And that's one mm-hmm. possibility. So we'll see.
0: So, are you selling like when you say you're doing consulting and um, your site that you plugged? Are you selling courses and selling your time? Yeah. So I okay. do
1: sell the course at taxfreecashcow.com. Okay. Um, and I will book one-on-one coaching for 300 bucks an hour. Um, and that money just goes straight into the car wash machine. Like we just, we're just building up more car washes with that. So I I do, when I say I'm giving back, I'm really talking about the Twitter feed. I'm really, Mm -hmm. it's most of the playbook is there, uh, but people who want it in a nice package can get the course. So,
0: I so one thing I'm always curious about, I'm very like ADD. I'm always trying to do a million things. I love learning new things. I love talking to people about their businesses. Um, Like you're talking about car washes. All I want to do now is go buy a car wash. But the reality (laughs) of it is like, I wake up tomorrow, there's going to be some new thing that's flashy. And I still have to run my current businesses and film podcasts. And so like, how do you manage to, you had a software company, you find this car wash thing. Okay. That kind of makes sense because this is spitting profit. Maybe you felt that was capped. Here's something to put the money into that can compound. But then now you're selling your time. How do you look at right. that of like, why is this worth it to sell your time? Why not just go spend that time finding more car washes, compound that more? Why do you want to, yeah. same time, why do you want to do this podcast? Why do you want to build your profile online? Like, you know, how do, how do you think of all those things?
1: That's a really good question. So um, for the first 10 years that I had the, the e-com businesses and the, the online businesses, I really just focused on it. And so what I was able to do was to build a sustainable sort of self-running. It's not self-running totally, but it runs. I can manage those businesses. There's four of them. They're all online, and they all use the same staff and everything. They'll do about $16 this year. But I can manage those on about 30 hours a week. And I have a business partner on that. He's really sort of the COO. I'm sort of CMO. And so I focused for about a decade on that machine, on building that income and that profitability. And then over the last two or three years, frankly, I was a little bit bored. And I thought, we thought about selling the business, we thought about expanding it, you know, you th- all those thoughts go through your mind. And so when the car washes came along, it proved to be a nice, side gig so that it actually reinvigorated my energy for our primary businesses. Because now all of a sudden, every um, car wash I bought, I would negate so much profit or the tax burden of these other companies that it made me want to work harder on the main companies and invigorated my energy for the car washes. So it's, that's what I said was this flywheel. The energy is building in this thing. And so why I'm doing these, these podcasts is I do want to create a network of people, mostly because I get a lot out of these. Talking to people like you, Jesse, is super energizing for me. And I live in the middle of nowhere in Western Colorado. And um, I don't have a huge network. I'm building one on Twitter for sure. But I've just realized that the more I learn from people like you, the more I talk to people like you that the more I get out of it too. So part of it is, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I do want to sell some courses and feed the car wash business. That's part of this. But I also love making contact with people like you who are talking to entrepreneurs every day. And I do feel like this is, I hope at least, this is giving back in some mm-hmm. ways because I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now. And so many people help me on this journey. And I'm hoping that talks like this can help other people too. So that's sort of the the impetus, uh, um, yeah. for, doing no, I
0: get that. This. I'm, I'm a big believer in like, not having a direct return on everything you're doing. Um, and right. not necessarily right. knowing what's coming from that. And I see this podcast yeah. sort of like that too. Uh, first question people ask me all the time, Oh, why are you doing that? Like, h- how do you monetize that? And I'm like, I don't really know. I didn't really start it with the goal oh, of like, this is going to get me richer or something. It's more just like, right. If you look at, um, I meet a lot of super rich people and like, They're all, they all want something like it's very rare that people are just content with what they have, whether they have a dollar, a hundred thousand, a million, ten million, a billion, everyone's like trying to get something else. Um, especially in LA, I see like the currency is not so much how rich you are a a lot of the time. And I kind of look at it like the point of getting rich is to do cool shit. And so, so many people that get rich are trapped in working a million hours or, they, they sacrificed meeting people to go hard at their business that they now don't have the network to do cool shit or they never learned, like, you know, how to have fun. And it's like, that's just as important. So like, I agree with you on that. It's not really about always the, the bottom line, but it's cool when it can all compound together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice meeting people like you who, so the people that inspired me really to get into commercial real estate, sort of do, did what we're doing right now, right? They were talking about it. They were doing podcasts about it. They were giving away their playbook. Mm-hmm. And so they inspired me to do this. And now it's really changed my life. And it's like, well, it's I should be doing the same thing. It's really not difficult. It doesn't take much time. And if it helps just a couple people change their life, change their W-2, get out of the grind or whatever that is for them, then it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting about people who are bringing uh, sort of like brick and mortar real estate, old school business knowledge onto Twitter and online is like Mm -hmm. the competition doesn't really matter. Like if you teach someone your exact playbook, um, like you have your nice business just owning a couple uh, in Colorado and you can expand that to outside and whatever, but there's still enough car washes in America. Yeah for me to copy exactly what you do in LA and not affect you at all. Whereas like your supplement totally. business, you probably don't want to give your whole, your whole secret sauce and your True. whole marketing way because like your, your, um your potential market is like the internet, which like, I, you know, right. I could go start the same, a competing thing and take away your market share. But like for real Dude, estate, you totally. know, it's not like that. And I think that that's interesting. Um,
1: that's, that's a hundred percent accurate too. And the more people that I, could sort of build up in this business. Uh, we don't. We would only help each other, you know, because mm. we would if we can create sort of a network where we help each other with equipment or, or you know, like there's there's a lot of chemicals you get gotta buy. So we could buy chemicals together. We could we could we could form a franchise system. There's a million things to do, and it's all positive that we could do yeah. nationwide. So if there was other people in this business, it would only help me too. So
0: yeah, it's interesting. Do you think? you're, I mean, do you think ca- the car wash business would work as well in a place like LA or New York? Or is it because you're in kind of a small town, Colorado, that it works better?
1: No, it's it's um, this model that we're looking at. So we look at the, the smaller car washes that have like three self-serve bays. And then on one side, there's usually an automatic, it's usually a, like a touchless, right? We're not looking at these big, long tunnel washes where you get on a conveyor belt and it, it pulls your car through and they're generally kind of expensive or you're on some sort of monthly membership thing. So yeah, we're I'm wondering at the now, like, ones.
0: the ones that I go to near my near my house, uh, I, they're like those big ones and they're in a really expensive area in LA. I wonder right. like how much those would be to buy.
1: <laughs> those are probably in LA, it's probably anywhere from five to 10 million bucks.
0: That's what I would guess, yeah.
1: Right. So we're focused on this sort of lower market um, where we're focused on the vehicles that can never go through those things. So a contractor's truck, a lifted pickup truck, somebody with a bike rack, somebody with a ski rack, somebody who just doesn't like those things because a lot of those, those car washes have scratched people's cars. Um, so they love the touch-free. There's this whole segment of the population that's a touch-free like religion, like my mom. Like she yeah. got a scratch on her car in a tunnel wash in like 2008.
0: Yeah, my, my <laughs> dad, my dad's the same. He and she'll tells never me.
1: go back. <laughs> yeah, she'll never go back. So uh, we're on a, focused on a different market that's never going to go away. The, the types of vehicles, like I go in my town and I stop at a stop sign. Now I'm hooked on this. I count how many cars cannot go through a tunnel wash, and it's at least half of them. Mm. Bigger trucks, RVs, somebody with a trailer, right? You've got an ATV or UTV, so... We're focused on a different market, so that's never going to go away. So in L.A., it's probably fewer people that have those type of limitations. There's a higher percentage of cars that can go through a tunnel. But there's always going to be vehicles and always going to be people who don't like them. So I think the future is pretty bright for our, our type of car wash.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And when you say you spend five hours a week, like, what kind of things do you actually have to do? Is it just like yeah. showing up and being like,
1: Okay, the manager's doing his job, type thing, or no, yeah. no. It's um, I do a little bit on the marketing. So we have Google AdWords through uh, with Google Maps and Google Google My Business. I monitor that. That's pretty self-running though. So that's like probably twenty minutes a week. Um, there's usually some sort of bigger what I would call value add project we're undergoing. So at the car wash we bought in November. The equipment's pretty run down, so we need to upgrade the automatic equipment there. So we're looking at how to do that, where to get the equipment, and who will install it. So, right now, that's what my other probably four and a half hours a week is doing. Uh, other times, we're looking at other car washes, we're looking at other deals. I'm going out to lunch with a guy on Friday who's going to sell his car wash later this year, and so I'm sort of schmoozing him. You know, I want him to come to us. To sell that car wash, so it's more the deal making, big picture stuff, marketing, and then my partner who does about five hours a week. Um, up until a few weeks ago, he was doing payroll and bookkeeping, but he's not even doing that anymore. He's more interested in the operations, so he'll he kind of oversaw this new guy we hired, um, even though the other guys found him, and he was more involved with getting. Uh, some of the repairs done. Uh, he's going to help them fix a sign that got damaged by wind. So we're really not involved on the day-to-day stuff at all. The guys take care of that. And it's so simple. That's This is the nice thing about car washes too, is it's so simple. If you get a pissed off customer, you just give them their $3 back and it's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's no big urgency, emergencies at these things. There's, there's never a call like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Um is it actually it's $3 so to get a car wash? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're doing the self-serve, right. Uh, uh, if you're yeah, doing the yeah. self-serve with the wand and everything. Yeah. The average ticket is like three bucks. going to say, I, so think I paid 30, mad, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so it's, it's just a simple business.
0: Interesting. And have you had any emergencies or things like, oh, I didn't think of that, but this guy quit. Uh, this guy didn't show up to work. This equipment broke, and this is fifty thousand dollars to replace. And I didn't really calculate factor that in. So has anything like that yeah, come up? Yeah.
1: So this this upgrade that we're doing is going to be about forty five, fifty thousand. Funny throughout out that number, mm. but we have enough income from the car washes to pay for that. We may have to put just a little bit in, but um. And then one guy or a kid in his mom's Escalade drove right through our vacuum stands at one car wash, blasting out the vacuum so we had like an insurance claim on that um but it turned out we made a little bit of money on that insurance claim because it they gave us a bunch we didn't need it all but um nothing really i'm sure there'll be something someday i'll be like oh man never saw that coming Hmm. you know that's kind of a kick to the nuts but so far it's been simple stuff and my my attitude was honed a long time ago with entrepreneurship and business in general is that I look at problems as, as opportunities. I'm excited for problems. If somebody were to quit tomorrow, I would say, great, let's find somebody better at this job. Mm -hmm. Let's get it. This is an opportunity for us to get better every day. Every problem is an opportunity for us to get better. So I like it when they call with problems.
0: Yeah. I think of it more in terms of like, um, which problems do you want to have? You know? So when you pick a business or, start a new business or add something, it's like, you're picking your potential problems. Like, you know, I had a, I had a cookie company for a long time and like those problems were like, I was physically in the bakery going in, like, like sweating and like pulling burnt cookies off the thing and being like, you guys (laughs) fucked this whole lineup. We got to redo it. And I'm like eating a lot of cookies. And you know, those problems are different than like having online businesses. Um, Right. It's for you to decide, you know, (laughs) so, so yeah, exactly. You know, you might be no, yeah, problems more in person yeah. at the wash, but just different.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's a good way to look at it. Just what kind of problems do you want to deal with? And uh, the better you are at dealing with them, the better your business will be. So,
0: yeah, but then I think, okay, so you're saying the car wash problems have not been so bad so far. Um
1: No, and I, you know, I, I'm in these forums. Um There's like a car wash forum. There's a Facebook group and all this stuff. So I'm sort of monitoring major problem. Some of the other stuff that can come up is, you know, one guy had a tunnel wash move right in next to his car wash, literally next door. And so I've been watching this guy wondering like, I wonder if he's going to be out of business here pretty soon. Turned out his business went up because the tunnel wash was attracting all these customers. They did all this advertising. The tunnel wash will kick you out of the tunnel, of the tunnel wash line if you're too dirty. They don't want... The dirt on their brushes, because then it'll scratch the car behind it, behind you. Oh. So they're very picky. You can only be kind of dirty at a tunnel wash. So they are kicking him out of their line, and they'd go next door to him. Interesting. And so uh, they became like this car wash destination in his town. So I'm I'm constantly on the lookout. I'm looking for problems that will arise. And so far, um. No big deal, but I'm sure there'll be something and we'll deal with that too.
0: How much is insurance? Because I was thinking about that the other day. I got my car washed. Um, I got it detailed actually. So it was like a $200 detail and I get back to pick up my car and I look and like, I have a huge gash of paint missing on the side and they were like, Oh, it's not our fault. We put, all we did was put the water, the hose, but your paint must've been messed up. And I, I don't know a lot about cars and I'm just like, right. all right, I don't like think that my paint, cause I, it would have fallen off before, but like, so now I'm <laughs> in this thing where it's like, I got to chase them down. So I was thinking about it and I'm like, how, I wonder what kind of insurance they have and how they prevent that. Right. It's like, cause I'm, you know, I'm going to come after and be like, no, you guys probably did this when you were washing my car when I wasn't there. And for some reason right. I took a picture before I left and after. So I literally have a picture from an hour oh, before wow. in their car wash with n- nothing missing. And then an hour after, and I don't know why I did that, but it was just like a, huh. All right. And so Perfect. now I'm wondering like, how does that get covered? How does that work? So as a business owner, yeah. like,
1: huh. yeah, so the insurance per site is only like, um, about, I think it's like th- about three or 4,000 a year at each site. So it's pretty low, the because we have touch free, um, and we're we're not touching your car, right? Like our automatic isn't even touching your car. If you're going into a self survey, then it's you that are washing your car, and so um, the biggest complaint is actually that there's not enough pressure or that it's not doing enough to my car. <laughs> so we don't have haven't had the claims problems, but I know that at these big tunnel washes, yeah, they're they're. They're probably filing at least one claim a month of something like that you you damaged my car most of that damage will come out with a good a, a good body shop can kind of buff things out um, but that's why I mentioned earlier that a, a tunnel wash will kick you out of the line if you're if you're just too dirty in your case like at a detail shop that is bizarre I don't even know how they did that but they you. You should just say, yeah, you got to file a claim with your insurance. Go get an estimate for how much it's going to take to fix it. And they should absolutely fix it. That's, yeah. that's on them.
0: Okay. Um, so, okay. So back to your, your numbers for a sec, just to understand yeah. that deal again. Um, on a monthly basis, uh, what's like the cash flow versus the mortgage and kind of the overhead costs? I'm just curious yeah. how that breaks out. Yeah,
1: so when I mentioned the uh, net operating income of 65k, and then I mentioned we brought it up to 110k, that is before your mortgage. Okay, in real estate, you don't factor, at least in the value of the property, you don't factor the mortgage into that. So that's so, your
0: revenue minus your your employees' overhead, that that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, and all the chemicals, and the insurance, mm-hmm. and and the property taxes. Okay, but it does not include. Um, the actual mortgage. So, on our property, the first property that we bought for six fifty, that'll do one hundred and ten k this year. The mortgage on that is like um, uh, I want to say it's like three k a month. So you take the one hundred and ten k minus the thirty six k a month. Second property, uh, the mortgage is like thirty six hundred or something a month. So. Um, so the actual cash, which is what you're asking, which is a great question, actual cash generated at those places at each location will probably be around 60 to 70 k in in cold hard cash that we'll have left yeah. over. But we're pouring those, we're paying ourselves a monthly salary, uh, pretty low one right now. But uh, most of that money we're going to pour into buying more car washes,
0: build that car wash conglomerate. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, baby. And then then when you say the, so like we were talking about the real estate valuation doubling because it's based off the revenue of the property. Yeah. Is that, does that always actually work out? Like, do you, would you have a buyer right now at 1.1 or whatever, or is that more? Yeah, that's a good
1: question. Um, I think so. Um, Although the car wash we bought first, you know, like I said, it, it had been on the market for a year. But uh, it had been neglected a little bit too. So we think the fact that we've built this thing up, it'd be more attractive. So yeah, it might take you a while, but I absolutely think you could sell it. It might not be quite as high as you'd like because now the interest rates are kind of a problem. The interest rates, when we bought our first one, I think we got a 2.9%. Right now, if we tried to finance that same property, it'd be like 7.75. Crazy. So that brings down the value a little bit of, of yeah. these types of properties, So that's why we're just going to hold them for longer. And we're going to build up this big, this big conglomerate of them too. Because you, if you have 12 individual car washes and you sold them individually, they would sell for less than a chain of 12. Because that is a bigger enterprise. It's, it's, you know, it's a, just a bigger organization. It's like and the classic PE
0: play, models. right? Just like rolling up individuals, exactly. getting systems in place. Maybe branding totally. them and you're going to brand them the all the same. What's that? You're going to, you're going to brand them all the same. Like it's going to become a chain of one brand.
1: Yeah. Most likely. Yeah.
0: Do you have a name for it yeah.
1: yet or. Yeah. So the name is stop wash go. So the two locations we have now are stop wash go. And you can, you could, if you want to see them, you can see it. stopwashgo dot com. Nice. It's not a lot on that website. You don't really need a fancy website for a car wash. Um, but yeah, we'll, we will brand them all under that name. Going forward.
0: Nice. Um so okay, so you became so you're doing this personal brand thing we were talking about a little before. Um yes. and you only started last year and you're the car wash guy. Why did yeah. you not become the software or the supplement guy uh before since you were doing that so many years and sounds like it's a very profitable pretty big business. Yeah.
1: I was on uh I was in e-com and uh, direct response Twitter for years before I ever got into car washes, and I don't know, there was a much, I don't know, it was funny, part of my marketing is you just go with what works, right, so I I was sort of business advice guy on Twitter for a long time, and I was was sharing my wins and knowledge from the e-com businesses for years, and it would... Just kind of get, you know, get a few likes, maybe a retweet here and there. I got a few followers at it. The minute I started talking about car washes, it just caught fire. And I still don't understand why. Um, But I would get, I would do a thread on the car wash and I would get 400 followers where it would take me an entire year of talking about supplements to get that. And so when I started talking about the tax benefits in January, it really caught fire. And I was like... Maybe I should just be the car wash guy, rebranded to that. And since then, I've I think I've tripled. I think I started off with five thousand followers or so. And since I've done the car wash guy, now I have I'm right at like 15,000 15, or something. It's bizarre, but
0: it's just another more evidence that the more niche you go, the more attractive exactly. it is for people. And exactly. car washes are just so easy to understand that it just. I think everybody's just looking for that kind of magic where it's like, I understand this business. I understand this profit. This guy's laying it out in front of me. And yeah, I think a lot of the internet marketing stuff is, is like above people's kind of comprehension. And it's like, oh, that couldn't be me. You know, whereas like car wash is like it literally could be anyone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, you nailed it. it. It seems like anybody can do it, which is pretty close to the truth. And when they see Car Wash Guy, they see instantly who I am and what I'm talking about. And so if they have the even remote interest in that, they're like, I'll go ahead and follow. Whereas if I was like Ecom DTC supplement guy, they'd be like, um, what is that? Like, yeah. I don't even know what this guy's doing. Uh, I don't know if I want to follow him or not. So it's just a super simple value proposition for most people, it's wild.
0: How many different products on the Ecom supplement thing do you have or how many different companies or brands
1: um, it's, it's really like three companies um, we have a financial newsletter list with uh, another guy from Twitter uh, Spirit of Pines I don't know if you're familiar with the Pine Baron but uh, partners with him on that then we have the supplement company which sells CBD there's about 20 different SKUs in there everything from pain relief uh, blood sugar support that kind of thing and then we have a um, a news newsletter list uh, that's like political news, uh, which is kind of an ad arbitrage thing. You get a lead, and then you try to show show ads to that lead that they will click on, that will hopefully pay for that lead and, and plus profit. So sort of a weird. It sounds like a weird mix of businesses, but they're all all completely hundred percent online, and they really just. Have the same staff, same customer support staff, same technical software developer. Um, so it's an they're easy businesses to run. I love online businesses because we found out one business was really struggling like six weeks ago. We dove in, did a bunch of firefighting, and it, like already it's showing just massive improvement. So that's one of the advantages of those businesses. It's it, they're fairly easy to turn around.
0: Definitely an interesting portfolio. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's
1: random, right? It's super random. When yeah, I tell people random. what I do. They're like, what?
0: <laughs> um, I want to flip to how you spend your money for a second. I'm always curious people yeah. who, who do really well in business and are able to compound and, and find these vehicles to compound and get richer and richer. Like, what yeah. do you like to spend your money on and what are some of the best purchases you've made in the last few years?
1: Um, I'm really into mountain biking. Where I live is sort of mountain biking Shangri-La, so I have a a mountain bike that probably costs four times more than my first car. <laughs> so I spend money on that. Um, I have a nice truck, like it's you know it's probably three or four years old. What I mainly do is we we fix up our house. We don't live in a big fancy house, but we like to fix it up. We're buying a, we're putting in a swimming pool. That's probably the biggest. Nice. expense i'll ever have other than real estate um and we do a lot of experiences travel for us is i have fairly little kids they're uh, five and nine so ha- getting to show them there was a t- we live close to a ton of national parks so we have a travel trailer uh that i pull with my truck and, and we go to these national parks so uh, you know travel is definitely important for us i'm not a huge stuff guy like my mountain bike. I definitely invest a lot of money in. My wife has a really expensive mountain bike, but other than that, I don't have. I don't have a ton of stuff. I could see us getting maybe a mountain condo someday, mm-hmm. or a mountain house, uh, maybe a beach condo or something. But for now, to be honest, most of my uh, sort of free cash is going to go into this this car wash business because it's so lucrative. Um, and I do crypto and and you know like stocks i just buy apple stock so not nothing too exciting
0: unfortunately <laughs> so what so when you say like this can compound we talking we said this this could compound to a hundred million dollar car wash portfolio what's like your goal is it a number is it to leave your kids with a certain amount of money is it to just yeah. not worry about money like what is the goal with all of it
1: my goal is just to build cool shit um i don't have a number in mind so much as I just want to be building. Um, I love creating value. I love making things better. It's insanely satisfying to buy a property, no matter what it is—a car wash or a, a duplex or whatever it is—and to to make it look better, to make it to improve this property, to improve the neighborhood. Same with um, our our health products make people feel better, right? So. Doing that and then building wealth with that is just fun. So I honestly, like when some people say, what's your number? I don't have one. It's just going to be, it sounds weird, but the number is just more, right? So when I'm 20 years from now, if I'm still doing this, I won't have a number. It's just going to be a little bit more. As long as I'm having fun, as long as I have free time, as long as I'm choosing what I'm doing, I'm just going to keep going. I don't, I don't really have a number where I'm going to stop. Right. I, don't, I don't see myself doing a traditional retirement at all. Mm-hmm. Laying on the beach and, and windsurfing or something like that uh, on a full-time basis sounds really boring to me. I actually um, sort of retired after my first business in 2000. I sold my first business in 2008 and moved off the grid to the mountains of Colorado. Solar and wind-powered home. We just we just said goodbye to the rat race. And my plan there was to do this sort of semi-retirement And, uh, snowboard all the time and, and, uh, travel. And I got bored really fast with that. (laughs) Um, so I I just like to build stuff and I think uh, maybe someday I'll turn more into building like nonprofits, that kind of thing instead of for-profit businesses. But I think I'll always have to build something.
0: That's, that's a good answer. I think that's, that's really what it is. It's like playing bigger and bigger games, playing different games. Yeah. Um, yeah. When okay, I want to start asking this to every guest that comes on. So okay, do so. A. Do you feel rich? And if if yes, when did you feel rich? And if not, when do you think you'll feel rich?
1: Mm. Um, yeah, I do, um, and I think it happened a few years ago when. I, I told my wife we went on a vacation to this resort and we were still in the mode of like um looking at the prices of everything and you're doing this mental calculation in your head of how much you're spending and it was kind of ruining our vacation like it was like there was a stress because we ended up at this resort and like everything was s- stupid expensive and you know like you know like a drink was like twenty dollars and so you're my wife is slugging them down and I'm doing this mental calculation of like, oh my God, she just drank hundred dollars worth of booze. And, uh, and then I got to put a tip on that. And then I realized like, this is stupid. Like we can afford this. I don't want to do this every month. I don't want to do this even like every three months, but we can afford it. It's fine. So right then and there I said, stop looking at the prices. Let's just enjoy this. We'll worry about the expense when we get home. And when, it, when we got home, it turned out it wasn't that bad. So that's when I really started feeling wealthy. was like, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be doing that mental budgeting. We still try to be frugal. We don't spend money just to spend money. But when we go on vacation or when we decide to splurge, we stop worrying about the prices. And that is extremely freeing. You know, if, if a car breaks down or, you know, my son needed an expensive medical procedure recently. It was so nice just just to say, do it, just do it. Like There's no hesitation. You don't have to look at your bank account and say, oh boy, you know. So that's, I hope that I can help a lot of people get there because it's incredibly freeing. Like A lot of people say, well, money won't make you happy. Well, there is an amount of money that will make you happier, right? It will relieve stress. You won't have to worry about certain things and medical things or you can go on a vacation and just let loose and i want to help a lot of more people get there and that's one reason i'm doing stuff like this so i think that's when it happened for me
0: yeah i think it sounds like you have a great grasp on it uh i think that's going to be a really interesting question to ask people because yes i i feel like i've met people who don't have a lot of money yet they live yeah. free because they live within their means and they just they they, they just live you know, free and they feel rich. And then I've met people who literally have hundreds of millions of dollars that feel like they need to grind and still worry about things because, right. it, it, you know, it might not be their sandwich is too expensive, but they're like thinking like, is this company going to survive? Is our burn too high? Yes. And um, yeah, it's really right. interesting. And when you think about it, like sometimes you look at people from an outside perspective and you're like, I know how much money you have. Why are you worrying about this? And it, it goes the other way too, where Sometimes poor people are worried or, you know, poor, I'm saying people who have way less money and they're worrying about yeah. things like the price of a coffee. And it's like, that's not going to make you richer by worrying about that anyway. So it's kind of like the right. same answer for everyone, but, um, yeah. it's interesting, I think.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's just not getting caught up in the comparison games. I think mm. the, the people who have a hundred million dollars are ultimately miserable because they're comparing themselves to the billionaires. Right. Yeah. I think these guys have so much more than me. They have the plane and the island and, the, you know, and they, you know, they have all this influence and all this stuff and all the status. And we just, as a family, we just don't play those games or we try not to. So we don't get caught up in the comparison. The business I build and the the money I make is really for our personal satisfaction. I hope to pass off a bunch of it to our kids I hope to build a, a nicer community here, and and help charities um, do their mission. But I'm not caught up in, oh, do I drive a better truck? Am I in a bigger house? Do I take nicer vacations? Is my company bigger? Am I richer? You know, if I stay away from those games, my happiness level is just always going to be high. So if we did go broke, uh, if all if all of this comes crashing down. We'll still be very happy people. We'll have to we'll have to live in a smaller <laughs> place, and we'll be just fine.
0: I think that's a good that's a good answer and a good way to to wrap. <laughs> so nice, I, man.
1: Uh, I appreciate talking to you.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jesse.